Center Podcast. And welcome in, folks, to another edition of the Street Center Podcast. I am your host, Noah Taluki. And as always, a loaded baked potato. Football closing out their season. Men's soccer, unfortunately, ending theirs. Cross country regional champions on both the men's and women's side. Men's and women's basketball and wrestling starting up as well. So uh, really, really excited uh, to have you guys on the podcast here. Go and check out all of our other editions of the Streak Center podcast as well. Also joining us later in the program. Our two special, special guests here at JCU. They got a great program going here at John Carroll. Kyle Basista, the head coach of the cross-country team, and also his assistant, Jordan Doerr, who is now a full-time assistant after being a graduate assistant the last two years as well. Can't wait for that interview as we as we go ahead to uh, nationals, of course, cross-country qualifying both on the men's and women's side uh, because both won, so they get an automatic qualification for the third straight year that they're going to nationals, both men's and women's as well. We'll get to them uh, shortly here in a minute, but I do want to talk about football as they ended their season 8-2, and 8-1 and one overall in OAC play. Their only blemish was that 34-28 loss to Mount Union a couple of weeks ago, but they finished off strong and beat Otterbein 62-7, to really flexed their muscles on the Cardinals, scoring 28 points just in the first quarter alone, <laughs> 29 first downs uh, as well, over 300 yards rushing, and uh, really the man of the hour, if you will, uh, for uh, for John Carroll was uh, Matthew Buser. And, and it was really good to see Buser play because uh, McVeigh, Evan McVeigh was out uh, because of injury, but they did not need him at all. Buser rushed for 104 yards and three touchdowns receiving. He also had three catches for 84 and a score. So that put him at four touchdowns overall. The last player to score four touchdowns in the game was Sam Kakura back in 2016. But before that, 2018 is when Josh Delosier scored five touchdowns against Wilmington. So he was one away from tying the all-time record for most touchdowns in a game, which has been done four separate times. But unfortunately, just he almost had a touchdown at the end, but it was called back for holding, and then uh, the Blue Streaks got a couple other penalties that pushed him out of the red zone. But uh, needless to say, just a dominant finish. And don't forget about Demarius Goodwin either. 17 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns on his senior day as well. Mason Sullivan, very impressive as well. He had a catch for 60 yards that went for a score uh, I believe that was in the second quarter. Joe Collins looking sharp as ever on his senior day. 15 of 22 for 293 yards and three touchdowns. Defensively, the Blue Streaks dominated as well. Jaheim Peak had an absolutely career day, and uh, he was awarded uh, the D3 National. Uh, he was uh, awarded a place on the D3 National Team of the Week. Ten tackles, five for a loss, and three sacks. He now. Uh, so with those three sacks, now ended the season as the team leader in that category with seven. Uh, Jaheim really, really came along uh, in the in the second half of the season uh, at, at linebacker, and really he he played uh, really this whole season uh, like like his hair was on fire, as Anthony Meglin said uh, on the broadcast with me on Saturday. Um, you know he's firing out of a cannon. He's really getting after these guys, um, getting some some big plays and big sacks. 
So uh, the future for Jaheim next season as a senior is going to be really, really bright for him. Um, that is for sure. But unfortunately, the Blue Streaks, it was just too little too late uh, as they did not uh, earn a playoff berth in this season's NCAA championships. Um, it was uh, unfortunate because uh, if they would have beaten, if they would have beaten Washington and Jefferson week one, they probably would have gotten in at nine and one. Um, so it's just tough that you know the Blue Streaks lose these these uh, a non-conference game early on uh, that really ruins the, their chances of a of a NCAA uh, berth uh, in the in the playoffs uh, later on in the season. But but regardless, um, you know, still really finished strong, better than the seven to three record last season. I thought the offense overall this year was much improved. Joe Collins, he's had one of the most accurate. Uh, passing performances in John Carroll history now, completing over 66% of his balls. And uh, I got to say, Coach Matt Baker, I thought did a really good job of revamping this offense, getting Demarius Goodwin and Evan McVeigh and, and, and even Mason Sullivan later on in the season uh, playing really, really well in the run game. And then, um, you know, like, like I said with Joe, really uh, using using different weapons as well. It's not like he only targeted Brennan Few every play. You know, there were Joey Torok involved and Tyler Mintz got a little bit more involved at, towards the end of the season. And uh, I, I think uh, and I think the future is bright for this for this Blue Streak team. And, and But I think a lot of it has to depend on what's going to happen exactly with the head coach. Um, as it was port- reported in the News Herald uh, earlier this week, um, Coach Nystrom will help, uh, have to re-interview for the job, uh, or at least get an interview. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the uh, Coach Nystrom and, and and this staff is is kept in place. Uh, I think they did enough this season to really prove that that they should be um, that that they should stay. I mean, they already have a lot of the recruiting connections. And uh, the offense was a lot better defensively. It, they they played really really mean and aggressive this year. Kept that train rolling uh, with constant pressure and, and, and turnovers and, and, and all that as well. That's really a, a staple of, of the John Carroll football program is that defense. So I'm um, I'm hoping they just keep everything in place. Um, you know I've seen um, really really good good signs from Coach Nystrom and it's all positive here on, on, on Streak Center about that. Um, but we shall see. That is uh, that is out of my control. And uh, I'm sure the Blue Streak faithful will uh, will all want to know who will be the next head coach uh, for the Blue Streaks. And I know it's uh, Coach Nystrom has definitely expressed interest in the job, um, but we'll see we'll see what direction they go. Um, you know, eight eight and two overall, uh, not too bad, uh, especially when you got Mount Union um, in your division uh, as well in in the OAC. But it was uh, really really good to to have Anthony Meglin on the call, uh, of course, uh, former host of Streak Center. And um, a guy that I, I really admire, and uh, he's a good friend. He's a friend of mine, and um, really happy he was able to come on. And uh, and I just got to say too, um, just this football program has really meant a lot to me. And I, I've mentioned it before on the podcast how I used to work for the team. I was a filmer for three seasons, um, you know, and I uh, filmed for Coach Fanati uh, for Players and Coaches Review. Um, and I really felt really close with the team, and I, and I still was able to play my violin at the team masses um, before before each home game this year. Um, you know, during the uh, the offertory and the and the communion songs, Father Bernie asked me to asked me to play, and uh, that that was just always a, a way for me. And not only in broadcasting, but with that and going to breakfast with the team and all that, I, I just really felt connected even after I left. Uh, even after I stopped working for them because of my graduate assistantship. So um, I, I really feel like it, it's a special program. And uh, I, I just think that with all the alumni connections and the whole aspect of being a, men, um, a man for Carol, a man of Carol, I should say, 
and um, just really promoting our Jesuit values through the football program, being a man of excellence. Um, you know, and I, I think that really, really just speaks to who we are as as a program. And, um, and I just it was a real pleasure um, to to work for 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 this team and and to um, and to be involved in the program the last six years. And um, I'm gonna really miss it a lot, but uh, but just thought I thought I should get that out there about about it. Um, it has you know meant a lot to me, and um, and we shall see what happens. Um, you know, after uh, for this year with the with the head coaching um, decision uh, coming and, and pending and all that, but um, I thought overall the the team did uh, had a, had a really good season despite a, the six point loss to uh, to Mount Union. That's uh, that's for sure. All right, uh, in another season that ended unfortunately this past weekend was uh, was men's soccer. They actually won their first OAC or I'm sorry NCAA uh, championship match. Uh, that was a 3-0 win over Scranton, fellow Jesuit school. In uh, in that match, that was of course all of this took place at uh, Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. They unfortunately did not host uh, the Blue Streaks as they've done the last four seasons. Uh, it was Patrick Koenig who scored. Uh, Mikey Burrington, really good to see him get on the stat sheet, the fifth-year senior, and Jack Fote um, scoring in back-to-back matches. Of course, he scored in the championship against Wilmington. A clean slate went to Jake Vogren, who was OAC Goalie of the Year as well. But they just could not find their footing against Johns Hopkins, the host, which was back on Sunday. That was a 3 nothing loss, unfortunately. They kept it one nothing at the half, but a couple of goals scored in the 66th minute and the 88th minute ended any hope for JCU. And uh, they, uh, yeah, Johns Hopkins, the Blue Jays outshot him sixteen to five, um, and uh, they had seven corner kicks compared to none for JCU. So it, it just seemed like it was even uh, dominated even more than just in goals uh, that the Blue Streaks had. But but overall, I, I got to give Dayon um, and the coaching staff real real credit for this season because, um, yeah, of course, as they end the season sixteen five and one. Um, and but they did win their fifth fifth straight OAC championship. And, and, and like Dan has said before, this is a, this was a completely new team. You lost a lot of the senior leaders in guys like goalie Connor Robinson, in uh, in a multiple All American in Will Turretin, Jared Iannero, Michael Edelman, um, Stephen Shutt. Like a lot of these guys, um, they're you know they were they were leaders uh, not only just on the field but off the field as well. And to replace all these guys with with newcomers, with either transfers or guys that just barely saw the field last year, and to still be consistent and win. I mean, they won that final four to one over Wilmington, just a dominant effort. Still get the two seed. Uh, I, w- I would say that was a pretty impressive season. I know Dayon Mildanovic. I know he's upset at the loss because um, I know he wants to get John Carroll to that national level where they're consistently going to the elite eight. Final Four, consistently competing for that national championship, but I think he would at least be happy that this is a good start. That he was able to at least mold this team with all these newcomers, um, and uh, it, it really, um, I, I would say, I would say that was that was good to see for for uh, for Dayon and company. So a, a much anticipated twenty twenty three season uh, will be underway next year, and I'm sure it'll be it'll start off with some really tough schedule, and um, and uh, we uh, we shall see. But uh, excited for uh, for this this uh, the ship to keep going uh, for uh, for the Blue Streak men's soccer team, that's for sure. 
And uh, I, I do want to briefly touch on cross country before we hear from Kyle Basista and Jordan Dore, uh, two of our coaches here at JCU and the cross country teams getting ahead of uh, for nationals this weekend at Michigan State's Forest Acres Golf Course. Um, so men's and women's, of course, both punched their tickets automatically because they won the region. They won the Great Lakes region, which was at Hope, or which was hosted by Hope at West Ottawa Golf Course over on the west side of Michigan. They won. They scored 48 points. The next closest was Case Western. They had 65. Alex of, Alex Phillip, what's, what else is there to say? He won it uh, with a time of 23 56. Uh, Barrett Chetsley, sixth place or uh, as well overall, 24-30. Joe Backus, and, and he's a story that we're going to touch on later in the interview, but uh, a true story of resilience, and um, he he really fought through a lot of injuries and, and, and to really be where he is now as a senior. He was seventh overall, 24-32 was his time. Ryan Champa was 14th, 24-42, another uh, a runner back from last season's team that ran at nationals. Tommy Naiman came in 20th, 2448. And then uh, Adam Shaw and Dominic Del Moro did not score, uh, but they placed sixth and seventh for the Blue Streaks. Shaw at 24th, and then Del Moro at 57th overall because they only take the top five scorers, uh, but seven can run, but only the top five score. Uh, for for each team, and that's going to be the same at, at nationals as well. But good to see Adam Shaw back out there. I know he struggled with some injuries early on uh, in his career, but um, the senior from Walsh Jesuit, um, getting some getting some good reps over there, uh, running as well. And on the women's side, uh, they scored eighty one. The next closest was Calvin at one hundred six. Now Erica Esper, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago with Caleb Correa. She she led the Blue Streaks with a fourth overall finish at twenty one seventeen. Abby Schroff, the freshman, thirteenth overall, twenty one forty six was her time. Kambu Yavich, who is now a four time national qualifier for JCU, she qualified individually her freshman year. Now the last three times as a team, nineteenth overall with twenty two oh two. Amanda Keim, another freshman, twenty two oh three, right behind Bujavich. And uh, Jen Masucci, how about this, 25th. She's never run at regionals before until this year as a senior. She came in at 22-12. Ellie Kitzmiller and Sarah Weldon. Uh, Weldon ran at Red Nationals last year. They were 6th and 7th for the Blue Streaks, 27th overall, and 39th as well. So impressive to see Kyle Basista and, and company, and Kyle got uh, Regional Coach of the Year again. And um, just to see, just to, to battle through those injuries this season on both ends, and not having Sidney Janko, arguably the best runner on the team, uh, lost for the year because of injury. Um, hopefully she'll be all right, ready to go for indoor track season and then outdoor. Um, but I think really just to see both squads win the OAC, both squads win the region, um, I think it's just a true testament of how how much depth this team has, but also what a great coach Kyle is and what a great job Jordan is doing as, as, as an assistant as well. Um, really getting everyone to, uh, you know, making, making sure that they, uh, they're on their own individual workouts and um, really just, just having that runner's mentality of, um, you know, uh, not backing down from any challenge, any, anything in the, in, in the way. And um, that's, that's been really impressive to see um, from, from Kyle Basista and his team definitely this season. 
We're going to move on now to men's basketball, and the men's basketball team uh, off to a 2-0 start to start the year. Beat Wittenberg 94-72 at the College Companies Tip-Off Classic, which was held right here at the Tony DiCarlo Varsity Center. This was last Saturday, and then on Sunday they beat Ohio Wesleyan 70-55. If I were to describe this team with one word right now to start, as just I saw in the in the first two games, it is deep. D-E-E-P, deep. This team will run two, possibly even three teams. That's how deep these guys are. It's crazy to, to me that I saw like David Gentry and William Wallace, two guys who started on last year's squad. These guys are running with the third group, at least to begin the season. Their third group, and these were guys that started consistently last year. That's just how much depth that this team has. In the Wittenberg win, 94-72, as I mentioned, um, you could see a, a lot of different guys scoring. Four different guys in double digits. Luke Chacon, the nephew of Pete Moran and the Morans, who transferred from Youngstown State, he led with 17. Jerry Higgins, off the bench, had 17 for the Blue Streaks as well. The grad transfer from the Citadel, a military school in South Carolina. Luke Frazier transferred from Ohio University. 10 points as he started. Will Yontek adding 9 points and 8 rebounds. A transfer from Marietta, who played at St. Ignatius High School with teammate Henry Rayner, who also chipped in 6 points and 7 boards as well. Chase Toppin, who came off the bench, who was a starter in his 8 games that he played last season before uh, losing the rest of the season due to a knee injury. He had 10 off the bench as well. So you can just see... I mean, there was, if I do my math correctly, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There were 10 guys that played 12 or more minutes. You, I mean, they were rotating those guys. This was truly the five-in-five-out offense that Coach Mike Moran, Pete's father, was, it's a staple. John Carroll's best teams are the ones that go deep, that go 10 deep, that get guys in and out like hockey lines. Every five minutes or so, these guys are coming in. It wears other teams out. And it was good to see like everyone cheering each other on. I know there's a bunch of new guys on the team, but they seem like they were, at least from, from the outside looking in, what I saw on uh, over the weekend, they seemed like they really played well as a team, um, you know, really sharing the ball. And... I uh, yeah I th- there were there were a couple times where you know some of the bigs lost the ball down low and whatnot but that's kind of expected at, towards the beginning of the year but really really good two and zero start um, I I was pretty impressed especially defensively gosh we were pesky we were really pesky down low Chase Toppin was 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 on his man like a glove Jerry Higgins was playing some really good defense as well. Um, so it was uh, it was really good to see. I mean that that one game. I mean they shot fifty six point nine percent from the field, nine of fifteen on threes, holding their opponents to just nineteen percent from from deep as well. I mean, th- so they're shooting the ball well. They're getting into their big man's big men down low because if you remember last year, David Gentry was really the only guy with good size. Now you got guys like Will Yontek and Luke Frazier. These guys are Henry Rayner, 6'7", 6'8". You got multiple guys that are that big now. That's just going to help wear teams out even more. So this is a really, I think this is going to be a really exciting era of of, of John Carroll basketball this season. And I I know Wittenberg and Ohio Wesleyan are typically good, but they've been down the last couple years. Um, But it was still good to see um, them get that victory 
uh, at the Call It Company's tip-off classic this weekend. Um, at the Wheaton, uh, the Blue Streaks will be back in action at the Wheaton tournament this Friday and Saturday over at uh, in Wheaton, Illinois, at Wheaton College. Uh, they'll be playing Wisconsin River Falls on Friday, November 18th at 5 p.m. And then they'll play an opponent to be determined because it is a tournament uh, on Saturday, November 19th. They'll be back in action at home the next time on Wednesday, November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving at 2 p.m. against Fredonia State from New York. So like I said, impressive showing from the Blue Streaks. The transfers looked good. They looked like that they were meshing and gelling. Um, guys like Eric Hanna, I thought, shot the ball well as as well. Another starter uh, like from last season, Chase Toppin and him are going more with the two group, at least to begin the season. But uh, we'll see what happens once they hit the road um, at the at the Wheaton tournament. They hopefully uh, will do well before they start playing uh, OAC games starting in December as well. Another new era of John Carroll basketball, the women's basketball team, they also started out 2-0 and on the season. Win over Allegheny 67-64 to on November 11th of Friday, and then the next day on Saturday they won against Hiram 79-63. to Now, I was not at the Hiram game uh, because I was working football, but I did uh, do PA for the Allegheny game, the opening game of the season on Friday. And i got to say, you know... This team, the Blue Streaks are still a little bit of an enigma to me just because they lost really key players, two of the greatest in John Carroll history in Nicole Heffington and Olivia Nagy, and really all five starters. Um, you know, Kaylin Underwood had a little bit of starting experience last year, but not a consistent starter. They lost all five starters, and a lot of the, the really key contributors uh, for, from last year's team were fifth-year seniors. So they were they were players that came back for their fifth years. Uh, like Gabby Javout and Abby Adler, of course, Nicole Heffington, as I mentioned, like they were they were really key rocks um, to this team. So losing all of those players, it's kind of like, well, someone someone's going to have to step up. And I think this weekend overall, a lot of players did. Um, but I think it's just it's one of those things too of like who exactly is Beth Andrews going to go, going to play consistently? Because I think she was just getting a lot of a lot of girls a lot of minutes. Um, in in this one, they were they weren't going the five in five out like uh like um like Matt or, or I'm sorry Pete Moran and, and company were doing, but a, a, a lot of I believe about ten, yep ten it was that got uh, about uh, twelve or more minutes in in a couple of these these first games. So um, you know, Kaylin Underwood leading the way uh, against Hiram, fifteen points. She had she was only three of eighteen from the field in in, in game one, but really stepped up and and, and shot better uh, in game two. Maddie Petrowski, uh, she's another player that I think really can step up this year as a sophomore. 13 points and 6 assists, 7 boards. Kind of like a do-it-all player uh, for, for Beth Andrews. And um, I'll, I'll tell you too, uh, Hallie Landy's stepped up big. Um, you know, she she had double-digit points, knocked down a couple threes uh, against uh, Allegheny. And this is a team that really struggled from the three-point line last year. Um, they did not really have many three-point shooters. So if there's someone like Landy's who steps up with the three, that, that could really serve them well uh, down the stretch the rest of the season. 12 points in 15 minutes for Olivia Gunta. Now, Gunta did not start the first two games, uh, but she did come off the bench. Um, but she is 6'4", and uh, they call her Big O. Um, kind of taking Olivia Nagy's shoes a little bit. Um, but an efficient 6-for-10 uh, from the field as well. Only three boards. But good to see her uh, scoring and, and getting getting in the stat sheet in that end um, as well. But total, I mean, 23 assists in that second game against Hiram. That's good to see 
Um, you know, the, the blue streaks really spreading the ball around, moving it around. And, um, I got to say it was, um, and, and you know, they had a 17 point lead at one point against Allegheny, uh, and it got a little too close for comfort, but they at least still won that one, uh, 67, 64. Yeah. They were outscored 18 to eight in the fourth quarter as well. Um, but, uh, I think this is a team that uh, if they like, kind of like the men's team, if they start gelling at the right time, um, they could be better than expected. So, um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what what this women's basketball team can do, and, and what is this new era of JCU women's hoops here at John Carroll? Uh, they're going to be back in action on Saturday, November 19th. They're going to head up to Michigan, just like cross country. They will be at Albion this Saturday. Albion, speaking of Albion, uh, they had a really thrilling victory over, Al- or I'm sorry, Alma beat them um, in the MIA championship, which kind of ruined John Carroll's hopes a little bit uh, getting in the football playoffs. If Albion would have won, there would have been a little bit more uh, of a chance, I think, but uh, just because of a strength of schedule purposes. But uh, Al- Al- Alma did win uh, 9-0 and versus 9-0 and for the championship. Albion did not get in uh, an at-large berth in the championships as well. But yes, that's where the Blue Streaks will go, to Albion on Saturday, and then they'll head to Denison on November 30th at 7 p.m. before they get OAC play going on December 3rd, a Saturday at 4 p.m. against Muskingum here at the DiCarlo Varsity Center. One more sport to get to before we get to our interview with Kyle Basista and Jordan Dore from Cross Country. The Blue Streak wrestling team starting off their their dual meet season on a high note by beating the University of Mount Union 31-15. to And what was a ruckus crowd at the Tony DiCarlo Varsity Center, the first dual meet of the season. At the, and they were, just before I talk about the dual meet though, they were at Trine, which is in Indiana, uh, for the Trine Invitational on Saturday, November 12th. Uh, they got fourth place overall as a team. Luke Rakoski came out as the lone winner for the Blue Streaks at 165 as well. Multiple second and fourth place finishes as well for John Carroll. But this was a this was a Mount Union team. I was on the broadcast with Eli Davenport. And by the way, a big shout out to Eli. Um really great job on, on the broadcast. Um for uh, Eli is a former wrestler uh for John Carroll as well. Um but you know this was a team uh, a Mount Union team that I thought was pretty down to begin the year uh, because they had lost a lot of uh, they lost their two time national champion in Jordan James and, and a couple of other All Americans due to graduation, and um, they fought. I mean, John Carroll won thirty one fifteen, but they had to fight for those wins. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of pins; it was a lot of close matches, and um, uh, John Carroll doing its job coming out on top. This is only the second time. Uh, that this is the first. Actually, I should say this is the first time since two thousand seven, two thousand eight, that the Blue Streaks have beaten the Purple Raiders in back to back seasons. So, a team that the last decade or so they have struggled against. But good that the Blue Streaks were were finally able to uh, to eke out back to back victories as they won last year in Alliance as well. Andrew Perelka he actually tied the all time pin record at forty. My, um, Mike Markovich's record set in 2002. He tied it at trying. He was looking for that pin to set the record at 41. And with Mar- with Markovich, uh, Coach Mark Haywald's former teammate here at John Carroll in attendance, 
Peralka did win, but he did not get the pin. He won eleven to four over freshman Drew Magnus um, from Mount Union. He was Magnus was not afraid of Peralka at all. Peralka, of course, the fifth year senior, got second place at nationals last year at one thirty three, and uh, Magnus fought really hard with him. But Peralka won in the end. I oh, mean, I know Peralka really wanted that pin, but hopefully at uh, Olivet this weekend he'll uh, he'll get it as well. Uh, so then the middleweights, Blue Streaks did well. Um, Kale Bakaizo winning 13-5. Patrick McGraw winning on a tech fall 16-0. That's the fourth time in the last five matches that he's won on a tech fall. A tech fall means that you beat your opponent by 16 or more points. He won that one 16-0. He also had a second-place finish at Trine last Saturday. Luke Rakoski winning also on a tech fall 17-0. Daniel Devere at 174 winning on a decision 9-2. Caden Rogers, good to see him. He hasn't wrestled a whole lot in his career at John Carroll so far. At 184, got a nice 4-1 victory in a low-scoring match as well. And then at 197, Jesse Kanitzar, um, he won based on a, um, a a void as well that gave the Blue Streaks six extra points. But it was a really great crowd. A lot of alumni showed up. And um, it just speaks to the tradition of the of the wrestling program here. And, and I talk about football and, and basketball. They have great traditions. But wrestling is one of the more underrated traditions at, at John Carroll with all the All-Americans that they've produced and how the alumni all still give back. They all still come to meets. And even guys from the, the 1970s, guys who were on the, the 1975 National Championship team with Tony DiCarlo as head coach, the only time a Blue Streak team in any sport has ever won a national championship, 1975. Even those guys come back, and I see them at some meets uh, often. And um, you know, Coach Haywald's father was on that team, Mark Haywald. So it's um, it's a really good tradition, and uh, it's it's especially some of the freshmen. It was good to to have them get exposed. I thought to um, to what a big crowd is like at these meets and, and meeting some of the alumni, and um, really uh, really good to see from from Coach Haywald now in his eighth season as Blue Streak head head coach, actually former Mount Union head coach as well. Blue Streaks are back in action on Saturday, November 19th at 10 a.m. They'll head to Michigan as well, the Wolverine State, as they will compete in the Olivet Duels at Olivet College on Saturday. And then they'll have another dual meet at Otterbein, OAC opponent, at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, November 29th after Thanksgiving. Their next home dual meet will be on Tuesday, January 17th in the new year at 7 p.m. against Wilmington as well. Coming up next, we have an exclusive interview with Kyle Basista and Jordan Doerr, both of the coaches on our John Carroll cross-country team ahead of Nationals this weekend at Michigan State. Don't want to miss this one, folks. Only on the Streak Center Podcast. You're listening to Streak Center on jcusports.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at StreakCenterJCU to stay up to date on guests, episodes, and more. Now, let's get back to the show. And joining us now here on the Streak Center podcast are two special guests here at John Carroll, part of the men's and women's cross country and track teams here. But this time, cross country here as we approach nationals, head coach Kyle Basista. And assistant coach Jordan Door for cross country, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure to have you guys on. Never, never been on before. No, this is awesome. No, we appreciate it, and uh, it's our pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. We're super excited to be here. Oh, guys, I mean, I, I am even more excited for you guys right now, Kyle. 
Regional Coach of the Year. Big congratulations, of course, <laughs> uh, as well. But uh, what you guys did at regionals was 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 quite impressive. First place on the men's side and first place uh, on the women's side. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have really had to be proud of proud of that performance, uh, especially with battling through the injuries and, and, and all that over there as well. Yeah, so I guess I'll start off with the the regional coach of the year thing because I think it should be more of a regional staff of the year, and, and really like it, it is a team effort. And so, um, you know, I almost wish they would change the the, the title of that. But yeah, regionals, you know, it, we always kind of want to go in and, and compete, and of course, that's the next step to qualify the national championships. And you know, on both sides, we thought winning, uh, you know, that we had a chance to win, but it's another thing to go out and do it and. You know, kudos to to both sides and the women racing first started it off and and uh, the guys capitalized. It was yeah, it was definitely a special day. Now, how, how those course conditions too? They started to it started to pick up at the end there with the snow and and, and all that. Uh, I think you I heard you fell a couple times there too, Kyle. <laughs> you were running and trying to coach them up on the side. Yeah, <laughs> and it actually started with the women's race. It started to yeah. snow, and, and and one of the things is we built it up all week. Because we expected, you know, some abnormal or less than ideal conditions. And it kind of didn't look like it was going to be that way. But, yeah, literally just as the women's race was starting, it started to snow. And, yeah, I did wipe out uh, a couple times in the course. <laughs> and ironically, right in front of uh, some of our girls near the end. And I think gave them a little chuckle. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I got to ask you, too, really on both sides, um, there's been some tough injuries. I know Sydney Janko hasn't been able to race all year. And then, uh, you know, on the men's side, Barrett and a couple other guys were out for a while. But I think really it's a, a true a true testament to you guys of, of how you guys have been able to, um, you know, still mold this team even with all with all the injuries. Still got first place at OACs, first place at regionals. How have you guys managed, you know, those those, those big injuries this season? Yeah, I'll touch on it first, and I, I know Jordan um, can definitely touch on it as well. It's been difficult, you know. I, I think one of the things that our program is we, we kind of talk about is 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 really trying to individualize and, and avoid injuries as much as possible. And you know, for whatever reason, we've had to deal with a few more this year. And of course, we're we're looking at you know the why behind that, but. I, it, it, this is probably one of the more resilient groups, and you know it, it's definitely been next man or woman up uh, mentality, and um, and really, it's a, I think it's allowed us to stay present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and injuries are always tough, but I think. Um you know, when they happen, the best thing you can do is just focus on the day to day and doing what you can, capitalizing um, and each day. And even if, you know, that's the training's not exactly what we thought it would look like, um, the, the group has just been so resilient, as Kyle said, um, and willing to adapt and just continue to learn and make changes throughout the season so that we could uh, get to this point where we're at right now. And particularly on the men's side as well. Um not only just injuries, but you guys lost a lot of key leaders from last season. Um, you know, Jamie Daly, of course, as you guys all know, uh, Andrew Miner, Ian Pearson, Jared Arnold. You know, these are all guys that that ran at nationals last year. So a very new look team this year, I would say, uh, on, on the men's side for the most part. But um, you know, how have you guys been able to um, to adapt to that the leadership change as well? Yeah, so that's definitely that was a challenge that we kind of dealt with at the beginning of the year. But I think as the year's gone on, um, we've seen just guys kind of come into their own. Ethan Dimitrovich has been a huge um, leader. I mean, all the guys have stepped up in in their own ways. Um, And, you know, speaking of Andrew Miner, he has been helping out this year. So that's been a key component um, in in leadership for us. 
And I think it's one of the things, you, you know, you talk about a lot of things in, in the offseason and entering the season. And, you know, from a coaching staff side, we, we knew the hit from a, the seniors and the leadership side. And it's, it's one thing to try to convey that to the team. And ultimately, you just have to um, kind of go through the gauntlet and experience it yourself uh, to realize. And, yeah, we've had it gone through some, some hardship along the way. But I think, you know, what mm-hmm. that does is – you know, it can oftentimes bring you closer, and and you have to learn quickly, uh, and and that's one of the things we've we've done, and and um, you know, hopefully, we'll continue to to use that here over the next couple of days, and ultimately into the future. I have to ask you guys about Alex Phillip as well. I mean, he just. It's it's just outstanding to see him run. I mean, he's he's going down in my opinion as as one of the greatest athletes in general to to ever to ever not only run but compete at any level here at any sport at, at, at John Carroll. Now back to back regional champion, uh, of course the the big national champion last year, OAC champion, and all that. You know how how is what is it about Alex that he just stays so consistent? Because you know he really won it all last year, and it's it's hard to repeat like that like he's been doing this year. I think I mean yeah we could you know we could definitely talk at length about Alex and I'll, I'm sure Jaren, or Jordan has her own insight as well on that but I mean at the end of the day I I'm under the mindset most of the time that athletes just make coaches look good and it's it's really him I, I mean it's his it's his makeup it's his personality I mean he knows what he wants and you know mm-hmm. as coaches we're just facilitators for that and we're going to help him on that journey but I mean it's simple. We talk about it all the time. It, it's kind of simple to be great, but like simple is not easy. Mm-hmm. And his number one thing is he is consistent every single day. I actually heard him on a, another uh, outlet, media outlet, talk about he hasn't really missed a non-planned day from running his entire four years here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, probably should have took some off days. <laughs> You know, at times, whether it's through sickness or, or you know, potential, uh, you know, he messed up his ankle a few times last year. But I think the number one thing is consistency and grit from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, you have that physical component, but his mindset is just unmatched. I mean, the the kid's got got it locked down. Um, he knows what he wants, and he's, he's going to, you know, convince himself to do whatever he needs to do and— um, you know, he's, he's got that Mamba mentality that he's going to do what it takes. And uh, on the women's side, too, I mean, you know, we mentioned how Sydney Janko hasn't ran all year, but there have been a lot of other runners that have stepped up. I mean, Erica Esper, a top, top five mm-hmm. performance at regionals as well. Um, you know, Ellie uh, Kitz, Kitzmeyer has, has really performed as well, a couple of the other freshmen. Um, you know, what has it been with them on, on the women's side that, that have had them step up this year as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the women have really caught fire this year. Um, you know, in racing, we've seen we we have a, a pack of like five or so women every single race who compete together, work together, and that's just been a huge, huge strength um, of them working together. Um, and showing their strength off on the course. Yeah, Erica, of course, has been a great leader for us. She's she's a great person. She's involved in so many different things, and. Um, yeah, she's just been a great leader for this and I for us, and I think um, she's been an integral part of why the women have kind of taken up a, a step up this year. Um, but across the the women's team, I think everyone have has seen major improvements. And I think going off that a little bit, I think as, as Jordan is kind of saying, it got me to think of a few things on again the why. I think it it, help, it does help a lot to be kind of a combined program, men and women, because. Mm-hmm. 
you know, over the years, I think both sides have seen success as of late at the national level, right? It's been with the men, but, you know, uh, the women kind of feed off that. And I think especially Erica, I mean, she's always, she's come in here and always wanted to be the best. And when you have guys like Alex, and I really think she's modeled herself a lot after Jamie Daly. And when you see what people do on the day to day, and then you see uh, the tangible outcome of that, it's like, hey, I can do that too. And, And that's, you have the blueprint, right? We, we've talked about that a lot, and you just kind of have to honestly copy the blueprint. It's good to see that Jamie's presence still alive and well uh, in the John Carroll uh, cross-country program. That is for sure. Uh, but Joe Backus, he's another story that has just been really impressive, a, a true story of resilience here on the, on the cross-country team. Uh, you know, last year it had uh, some surgeries, uh, some a lot of injuries as well, some stress fractures, I believe, and, and whatnot. And, and all of a sudden he comes back for his senior year. And he gets seventh place at regionals. I mean, I mean, just to, just to see that uh, as a coach uh, for you guys, I'm sure that was just that put a big smile on your guys' faces and, and see, seeing how resilient that was and, and all the stuff that he had to battle this season as well. Yeah, no, Joe is, I mean, Joe's super great. And it was amazing to see him at regionals. When I saw him, like, almost just about to finish the race, I was jumping up and down. I was so excited for him because he, as you said, he's been through a lot. um, But he is someone who always shows up. He always puts in the work and does everything um, necessary. And he's someone who just, he also wants to be great. Um, But I'd say, like, coming in the season, Something, you know, we talked about was like, hey, Joe, like, it's just a blessing to show up and like, get to go to practice, get to race, like do these different things. And I, I think he's taken that mentality into the season. And, you know, luckily for him, it's worked out and um, gone super well so far. Yeah, we could go on and on about Joe Backus. I mean, everyone does. The team does. I mean, there's literally only one uh, Joe, and that's why they call it the Backus effect, because it... I just I can't put it into words. I, I've never seen anyone honestly like work harder in the day to day. I mean, he's mm-hmm. also very consistent, like like Alex. And you know, I think what caused Joe a lot of hardship last year um, was during COVID. That time, um, he was in really really good shape, and you know, he felt like you know he could have performed at a national level, and then you know that got taken away, mm-hmm. and then to have an injury last year, and then also like. You know, everyone sees the results and they see the outcome, but they don't Mm -hmm. see the in-between. And, you know, it was really tough on him. And, you know, he had to battle um, himself and and probably some inner demons like we all do at times in our lives. And the work that he put in to get to where he is and to see the improvement. And, I mean, it's – I'm honestly – it's kind of speechless when you you think about Mm -hmm. it. Talking with Kyle Basista and Jordan Dore. Uh, Kyle, the head coach here at JCU for Cross Country. Jordan, the assistant coach as well. Kyle, you ran at Mount Union, of course, the big rival uh, of, of John Carroll's. And uh, shortly after your, uh, you graduated, uh, you ended up at John Carroll coaching. And then a couple years later, you became the head coach. Uh, how exactly did you end up here uh, in University Heights? Yeah, so I'll try to make this a short story. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I've grown up in Northeast Ohio, actually, and, and, and honestly, my most of my dad's side, you know, grew up and lived within a mile or two of campus. So definitely familiar with, with John Carroll, and actually in the high school process, even visited um, once. But um, how it happened is actually a teammate uh, of mine ended up getting the head coaching job over here, uh, Dara Ford, who is now at Otterbein. So 
I felt like, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college and, and, and kind of got passionate in the sport and, and you know, kind of wanted to try it out. And this was kind of a, a, a stepping stone for me. And, you know, it's John Carroll's a great place. And, you know, kind of the rest is history. And, and here, here we are, you know, pretty much 13, I think, years later. Was uh, was being a head coach something that you envisioned early on or, or was it just something that, that just happened? No, I mean, definitely, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to be a head coach. And, and honestly, like when I was an assistant, I was I was always applying every year to, to be a head coach and, you know, didn't think that opportunity would come at John Carroll and, and, and very fortunate that it that it didn't and, and it has. It, you know, when Erica and Caleb Correa were on a few weeks ago, we, we talked a lot about your um, your approach and, and you have a very unique approach to coaching. And, and I think that that's more, you know, tailoring to the individual. You know, there's other programs out there where they may want to, um, you know, they have a system in place and they and they put they just put runners in the system. But but you have a different approach. You know, you, you want to take that one of of, uh, you know, c- creating an individual plan. Uh, for each runner, how did you come up with this approach, and and you know how did you tailor it to to your style and, and to make it successful in, in this program? Well, to me, honestly, it just makes common sense. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I mean, we're all we're all different, right? We're we're different people. We we function differently. We have different bodies, and you know, ultimately, I think the why and why maybe some people don't do it is it's it takes more time and it's hard work, right? Um, but to me, like. That's the important part. Like I, I guess, ultimately, like I want to get the best out of every single person, and I understand like what that's gonna take is gonna be different. And so, you know, we don't get it right, you know, as coaches every single time out, you know. But like, what we ask is like, you know, the student athlete commits to the process because that way we're gonna learn more from it. You know, if you're only half doing something, or you know, now we're we're, we're sitting there guessing more. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a labor, honestly, it's a labor of love and, and you got to enjoy it. And, 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 and I do. So is it one of those things, you know, in the, in the recruiting process, are you going after people that you see can develop into runners or will they are, you know, are they already people that are pretty developed in high school that you just, you just take over here? Well, I, I think it's, we talk about it in the recruiting process and I don't think it's any, secret at this point that probably uh, our best uh, student athletes and runners here are the ones that maybe weren't the best in high school it's always to us about potential right but in order to fulfill potential i mean you have to put in the work and um you have to be coachable and and you have to have that that drive and passion and you know we love like multi-sport athletes in 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 high school i mean you've named erica and alex um erica was a multi multi sport athlete didn't even start running until the end of her high school career alex you know you know you talk to him and you know for most of his life he'd probably be a better soccer player um which i'm you know i don't know i know decky knows that but um you know it it's just i think that's the way it, it's kind of turned out for us and, and and that's something that has been important to our program and Kyle, I, I got to ask you about your father, Rick, as well. Uh, you know, he he is that. I think he told me that he it, during your time coaching, he's only missed like two or three meets ever. Um, you know, and then of course your your brother Bryce is a, is a volunteer assistant as well. He also helps with track. Um, 
what does it mean to you to have you know Rick and Bryce and in, in, in your family at, at almost every meet? And, and you see Rick out there supporting everyone. He was on his bike last year at nationals and, and just going around and, and and being the biggest cheerleader for for this uh, for this cross country and track program. Well, I, you know it's it's huge, and I I probably often downplay it, but like. I am, at the end of the day, very grateful, and I think that's what we talked about earlier, about, like, the coaching awards, the accolades. Like, I've always said, like, it comes down to people, and it, it takes a, it takes an army, it takes a village, and, and when you have, like, you know, family members, and obviously my dad and my brother, like, I think you go back even beyond my coaching. I mean, probably in high school and college, he missed maybe two or three meets ever. So um, it's always something that, you know, I think he's enjoyed – you know, seeing my brother and I's like path and, and, and wants to be a part of it. And, and, and I really, I would go out and say this, like without his support in many ways, I don't think we're successful in, in what we do here. Um, so yeah, that's unique too. Not many, not many programs can, can say that with, with all the, uh, the family support that you get for sure, Kyle, that I think that that's what makes one of the things that makes us really special mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but Jordan, so you 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 yourself are also a former runner, just like Kyle. You ran Division One at the University of Toledo. You are from uh, the Toledo area, Perrysburg, uh, as well. Um, how does your running experiences at, at Toledo, um, and of course you, you battled with some injuries there as well. How, how does all of that help play into relating with our runners here here at JCU? Yeah. Um... My my running career at Toledo was pretty sorry, <laughs> um, to put it lightly. Um, I I really competed. I dealt with a lot of injuries, and that was actually the reason I like really wanted to get into coaching because um, I I battled through those injuries. You know, just how Joe battled through. Um, and and I'm like, man, I really I I hope to connect with people um, who are going through injury and, and prevent people from going through that. Um, you know, the injuries and those types of things were super instrumental in, um, I'd say, shaping me um, and just who I've become today. But, um, you know, you, you hope that no one ever has to go through that. So that was part of the reason I wanted to get into coaching. Um, and I think it's kind of worked out well that Kyle and I have had different backgrounds as runners ourselves. He had a very successful college career that he didn't speak about but um you know he had a great one and i did not so it, it's good to have uh opposites and uh i think we can complement each other well in that way yeah uh, so of course jordan you were the graduate assistant before this season and then kyle you hired her as the as the full-time assistant uh, starting for this year um what was it originally that made you want to be the ga here at, at john carroll a few years ago um i don't even know if i should say this but i'm like when I was applying. Um, it was during COVID, and honestly, this was pretty much my only option. Wow. And <laughs> I wish I had a really beautiful, like, you know, I came onto campus and I just loved it, and you know that a, a beautiful Cinderella story. But um, I, it was really my only option. But it turned out to be um, the best option I could have ever asked for. Um, and I'm just so thankful that I got to be a GA here and work with Kyle and um, experience so many things. John Carroll is such a special place um and so i'm incredibly grateful to be back here for a third year do you remember the first time you met kyle um yeah it was i just like the first time i came to campus um we did a campus tour and yeah it it was cool he was kyle like you know (laughs) the same kyle we know and love so yeah (laughs) well you know i think in going off of that no i mean we have to remember at that time i mean she became a ga 
in 2020 in the fall there when no one was here and on campus so very unique time and the fact that uh she kind of came in right away and and you know didn't steer away you know and kept her around i mean uh that's huge and what did it mean to you uh that you were finally able to get the 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 full-time assistant role um as well oh my gosh it meant everything um you know, being a GA and being a part of this program, you know, was incredible. Can just to see all the success, um, the hard work Kyle puts in, the hard work that the athletes put in. This, I mean, it truly is a special place here. And um, I wanted mo- nothing more than to continue to to work here and to be at John Carroll. So um, it meant everything, and I'm just so thankful. Final question for both of you guys uh, here on the Streak Center podcast. Uh, so Nationals this year, of course, uh, you guys have qualified now as a team, both men's and women's, for the third straight season. Uh, Nationals this year at Forest Acres Golf Course at Michigan State University in East Lansing. Golf course kind of uh, kind of cross-country course as well. Um, you know, what, what, what exactly do you know about the specific course in general? And then uh, what else should we expect uh, for, for Nationals this weekend? Yeah, so we um, we went to this course for the pre-national meet um, earlier this year. So both the men and women have seen the course and, and been there before. So the course itself is nothing too crazy, a few rolling hills, but super exciting to be on a golf course. And um, yeah, we're excited to be back for the th- third straight year. Yeah, I think, you know, we, as coaches, we've seen the course twice this year because we made separate trips with the men and the women. And you know, I think the way uh, those races went and, and on those days will be vastly different, right, than what the Saturday will be just because of the weather and, and the forecast. And so, you know, I do think it helps to see, but, you know, in a national uh, championship environment and, and stuff like that, I think uh, on the day will run uh, much differently. And, you know, we're, we're leaving tomorrow, so that will be a Thursday. And, um, you know, we'll probably maybe see it Thursday and Friday too just to get – you know, um, a couple of visuals and some, some key areas, but, um, I mean, no matter where it's going to be, you know, uh, we are excited and, and ready mm-hmm. to go. And, you know, no, I know you are because as a native mission, <laughs> mission lander, I don't even know. Um, Michigander. Michigander. All right, there we go. Um, you know, you're, you're coming with us again and you're our lucky charm last year. So I know you're excited as well. Oh, you, you don't know how excited I am, Kyle, to be uh, rolling up to East Lansing. Uh, you know, big Michigan State uh, basketball fan uh, I am. And I don't get out to East Lansing much, but uh, really happy um, that I'm going to be able to come with you guys uh, for sure. And it should be a really, really great crowd uh, at Michigan State. It was a lot uh, re- really good in, in Louisville last year uh, for, for Nationals. Of course, the men men's team got fourth place. That was a uh, that was a big story last year. Hopefully, um, you know, there's some there's some good luck there uh, this year, both on the men's and women's side as well. Jordan Dorr and Kyle Basista, Kyle, the head coach, and Jordan, the assistant coach here uh, at John Carroll for the cross-country teams. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck at Nationals this weekend. Thanks, Noah. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to Streak Center on jcusports.com. For the latest news on all things JCU Sports, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at JCU Sports, or visit jcusports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, 
And a big thank you again to Kyle and Jordan for coming on the Streak Center podcast. I know they were really excited to be on. Uh, they've never been on before. They've never been on a podcast at, at all before as well. And uh, I know they're they're really excited. And you could just tell in the interview, too, how much energy they have. This running, running is just a different sport. Everyone cheers on each other. You know, everyone's about the team. And, and Kyle Basista and, and Jordan Dore have really done a great job of, of, of making it a team atmosphere. And Kyle talked a lot about his father, Rick, who, who comes out to uh, – every single meet basically and um seeing him his energy there and 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 really helping the runners um you know and and being that 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 emotional support if you will as well um you know it's 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 really good to see that and when you're a runner out there and you've got someone out there cheering like that for you and uh that you know he's he's just a parent of Kyle he's not like a parent of the of one of the runners he's a parent of the coach uh, that really rubs off on everyone, I think. And and just being able to travel to a lot of these cross-country events, went to Nationals last year, will be going with them to Michigan State this year. Um, just seeing his presence just makes everyone happy. He's a guy that just kind of lights up the room when he comes in. And um, that's definitely a, a, a positive asset to have uh, on the cross-country team, that's for sure. Swimming did not compete this past weekend, but they will be at Kenyon on Thursday through Saturday. And uh, Kenyon's a big race for them. They're not looking necessarily to win as a team, but they're looking for really good individual times, particularly from some of these guys that could be All-Americans, such as Liam McDonald, Jonah Venos, among others. And uh, really just a, a really good gauge against some really good Division Three competition to see where they rank, really, um, before they start, um, you know, after Thanksgiving and, and really push for that those OACs, which will come in February. So this is a really, really good um, early season meet to see where they are uh, for Coach Tanner Barton and his squad. Also, a big, big shout out I have to to Cassie Kellamuncy. She today was named the only the second All-American in John Carroll volleyball history, uh, Stacy Mullaly uh, is the was the only one before Cassie. She was second team All American in 1993 and 1994. Cassie was named to the honorable mention team from the American Volleyball Coaches Association. So, uh, a big big congratulations to Cassie. Uh, what an outstanding and a phenomenal career in a blue and gold uniform, and um, very well deserving. I think uh, I know Cassie's. She worked really hard for that Player of the Year. And then she got All Region, first team All Region last week. And to see her get All American um, is something that I th- I know she's really happy about. I know Allie uh, Bartolone, uh, one of her best friends, is happy about. I know her parents. I know Coach Benoit is is just thrilled as well. Her first All American now uh, that she t- that she's coached at John Carroll. She coached multiple at Mount St. Joseph back in the '90s and 2000s. But to see her get another All American here in Cassie is um is really really special. That is for sure. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at StreakCenterJCU. Also follow JCU Sports on Twitter at JCU Sports. And visit JCUSports.com for all the latest John Carroll athletics news and live stat links and live video links as well. Thank you again, folks, for tuning in. And make sure to tune in next week only on the Street Center Podcast.